chapter 11, a well-worn path. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13, a well-worn path. This is a new sermon on an old topic. I preach other sermons on this, not, but this is new from scratch. What I do is, on passages that I preached maybe three, four times, I mean three or four different sermons on a passage, uh, what do I do? Well, what I do is I go to, if God leads me to that passage to do something on it again, I go to it, but I don't look at, I don't look back at the other three or four sermons that I did on it. And that way I feel I'm fresh at what God, the angle that God would have me to go on this particular place. And it keeps me uh, fresh on, on old truth. I think some of these things almost need to be preached every year. I mean, no doubt we need to read our Bible every year. And you at least need to read it once a year. It makes sense. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13 says, I say unto you, ask, as you Jesus' words, ask and you shall, it shall be given you. Now, if there's ever a part of Scripture that's going to knock your socks off, I would say this was it. God that made everything. God, who, who the angels literally wait with bated breath for his next command, says this, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. We are not poor souls. We're not poor souls. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I mean, we're not sitting around going, oh, I don't have any help. Are you kidding me? we got the power of God behind us. It says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody else is bigger than God. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Then the illustration, that's to drive it home. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father. Now you fathers get your attention because that's where he's going to. He's going to fathers. Not everybody's a father, but if you are a father tonight, you dig this. You, I mean, dig it. That's a 60s term. And you dig it. If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will, will he for a fish give him a serpent? 
Or if he shall ask an egg, will they offer him a scorpion? And then the application. If, if ye, that's plural there, then, being evil, I appreciate his confidence. That's true. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how, and underline these words, man, how much more. Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Another, another uh, a parallel passage says, give good things to them that ask him. We're not helpless, hapless, poor souls. We have been given on the authority of Jesus Christ himself, who died on that rugged cross, was resurrected, sealed as God's Messiah. We have been told to ask. Come, ask. Have you thought about it? This challenges me. I believe Jesus is letting us in on a massive secret. I believe he's given us insider information on how to get things from God. The title of the message is, If You Could Ask Anything from God, What Would You Ask? If you could ask anything from God, what would you ask? If these words are true, then why do we go around so beggarly? Why do we go around so poor, so emaciated spiritually, so weak and vulnerable, so pasty, white, and sickly? So victinimous. Victinimous. Look it up. I invented it. Victinimous. I'm sitting at my computer going, I thought I liked that. Victinimous. Why are we so victinimous rather than victorious? Because they both started with V. I had to do that. We're not victims. We're victors. A question I pose, is it that simple? Could it be this simple? This straightforward, this uncomplicated, this easily accessible, this doable, this accomplishable? Like I said before, too many Christians go around pitiful, sad, defeated. God is deadish. I think that's a word I made up to, deadish. That's like saying I'm going to give you 20-ish dollars. They say God is deadish. Well, maybe he's not totally dead, but he's almost dead. God doesn't answer my prayer. Let me ask you some questions. Did Jesus say this word, these words? Do you believe Jesus said these words? Recorded in the Gospels. Believe for over 2,000 years of saints. The reasons we fail to even ask persistently from God is amazing. I beat myself up tonight because I haven't done better in this area.
He gave me the key, and then I didn't use it. It's a sad case of affairs. Well, there's reasons why we fail to ask persistently. Because it's, it's keep on asking, keep on knocking. Yeah. First, we misunderstand what to ask for. God does not guarantee you a bunch of fleshly material, self-gratifying things from him. Um, James 4, 3 says, you ask, receive not, because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your own lusts. Of course, he's not going to do that. And by the way, as a good parent, you wouldn't do that to your kid. You want to ruin your kid? I got 12. I, I, I found it again. I lose stuff. I lose stuff in my files, and then I find them again. Best place to lose stuff is your file. 12 ways to ruin your child. I like that. My child's gone already, so it's over. But 12 ways to ruin your kid. One of them is just give them everything they want. And, and I've seen it. You've seen it. It's horrible. It's a horrible sight. Nobody wants to be around that kid. Even the parents can't stand a kid after a while. And God's not going to do that. He's a better parent than we are. In other words, when you ask from God, it must be the good will of God, and it must be good for you. Because your father wouldn't do anything that would damage you or hurt you. In 1 John 5, 14 through 15, you ought to mark that down and know that verse. In fact, I think Brother Barrows will memorize this. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. That's big. No, the word K-N-O-W. No, we know it. If you ask according to the will of God, you can ask with a straight, outright confidence that God's going to do it. Just like our parents, and when you were as a kid, they'd withhold crazy and harmful requests from you. They would deny things that would hurt you, harm you, twist you, skew you. They would allow you to suffer. If they were good parents, they would allow you to suffer, to learn the lesson of suffering. A good parent does not keep their child from suffering. It's a controlled suffering. My, my dad wanted me to know what it was to sweat. He wanted me to know what it was to work hard. He wanted me to know what it was to be fatigued. He wanted me to know what it was to have a goal and to have a hard time making it, but not to quit. If you're a good parent, you give challenges to your children. Have, they may even fail in making them, and you teach them to get up and keep at it. and learn. How are you going to learn perseverance otherwise? How are you going to learn endurance otherwise? Isn't that what good parents do? Not make everything easy. Oh, here's a horrible, here's a horrible truism I've heard. Well, I want to make it better for my kid than I had it. What? You having it hard is what 
helped you do well. And so now you're not going to let your kid have that same experience. And so he's going to be some mooching bum. My dad said, I'm going to give you food, clothing, and shelter. Everything else, you get a job, work, and pay for it. He had the money, but he didn't give it to me till he died. In other words, I didn't see very much from my mom and dad, by the way, of extras until they died and we divided up their inheritance. Then I got my new Harley. I used to call that a present from my mother. But anyway. But, but. You can't make it easy. Now, is that, is that tough love or what? That's what they call tough love. That means you love your child, but you've got to be tough. Oh, but it's my baby. Oh, how many children have been ruined by that attitude? Your baby is going to have to go out into a real world that's trying to eat him for lunch and compete. I didn't know I was going to get into family counseling tonight, but uh, it's just so I just, uh, I'm venting maybe a little bit on that. But the second thing, so secondly, we, we ask and we quit. We ask and we quit. We think we can go to God and say, hey, you know, Father, I need this. And then you quit. Or maybe you do that a week. Yeah, that's enough. He didn't give it to me. I'm going to quit. No, 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 no. Here's the way you get something from God. I'm going to ask this till I don't have a voice or a mind to ask. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Now, it's got to be the will of God. But if something you know is the will of God, go for it. I mean, go for it. You got unsaved relatives? Go for it. Don't let it go by a day by the grace of God that you don't bring them before the throne room of God and say, God, save them! Make them so miserable they can't sleep at night. They got to get saved. Man, stand in a gap. Make up the hedge. Well, you know that's the will of God. He's not willing any should perish, right? Now, I'm not saying he'll save your relative when you do that, but what he will do, I'll guarantee you he'll convict them. I'll guarantee you they know they've been visited. Now, God don't force people to get saved, even on our prayers, because that, that would violate another higher law of free will. But I can guarantee you, I got unsaved uh, relatives, Kathy's sister Beth and her husband Jeff over there in California. And I mean, we're going to go out there and we're going to give it another shot that they get saved. But we've been praying for them for many 40 years, 40 plus years, and uh, they, they get saved. I believe God's going to convict them. I believe she's gotten softer recently. I've seen God do it. I know God's faithful. So we ask and we quit. The idea Jesus is presenting here is a persistent asking, a persistent seeking, and a persistent finding. The old sign preacher's death says you can't lose if you don't quit. Still's true there. How many times we quit just before the victory? You know, I like sports. I like a boxing especially. I like what I call one-man sport, where it doesn't depend on a team. depends on an individual, as in boxing. It demands endurance, persistence, deep desire. It demands a heart. 
Many fighters have won, have won the fight in the 15th round. I've seen fights go 15 rounds where they were both so tired they could barely. And then the one fighter who just wouldn't quit, he'd been knocked down two to three times in the 14 rounds they fought, got in that 15 round, threw an overhand right, boom, hit the guy down, he went, he won the fight. Last few seconds. You've seen basketball games like that where a team's gotten, they're really kind of running behind, but somehow or another they rally up that last minute. They don't quit. They keep going. They keep going. They keep going. And boom, boom, boom. Something crazy happens. Guy does a half-court shot. It's in. Thirdly, we don't really believe God will give us what we're asking for. We don't honestly believe. Tonight, I think there are probably folks sitting in here when it surprised me and said, yeah, those are good words, but I don't, I don't, you know, and you're coming up with reasons why they aren't true. You're trying to reason why that doesn't say what it really says. But I'm telling you, the words say what they say. They say what they say. And if you will just accept what they say and, and believe what they say and practice what they say, because if you believe, you'll practice. I'll show you my faith by my works. And so you'll, your, your works tell you you believe. Belief is getting on your knees and asking or, or in your bed or wherever your position. Prayer is not important. But but you call out to God for these different things that you believe are important in God's will. Did Jesus say these words? Yes. Did he mean them? Yes. Did he give us some inside information on how to get your prayers answered? He did. Did he know God and who God was, the Father? Yes, he did. I bet it made Jesus sad. The Bible says he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. I bet he was sad because he walked among a group of people who had access to so much better things but never took the access. I bet it made him sad. You know, const constantly to his disciples, he said, Oh, you little faith. Oh, you little faith. You know, Peter sunk in the water. Why did you, why did you doubt? Peter's the one that said, Call me out. Okay. So he starts walking. He's already sees Jesus on top of the water, right? I mean, he walks out. He sees the Bible says he, he felt the wind. He saw the waves was boisterous. I've been out on a rough sea. It's wild. And he, and he, and he, and he, began, and he began to sink because <laughs> his faith got weak. Jesus constantly was amazed of their lack of faith in God. He's amazed at it. Uh, Jesus had access to God, the God of the whole universe, didn't he? Yes, he was God. God wants to help his children, as any good father does, right? Don't fail in this life because you don't ask. What a sad thing. Ask that you have a good marriage. Ask that you die in a ripe old age together, having been faithful one to another all the way. It don't just happen. You got to ask. Sometimes I think we, we just kind of cruise along, you know. Oh, well, what could... Came across my mind some French. Que sera, sera. Kind of just going down the road, you know. Let, you know, que sera, sera. Where did I get that? I have no idea. Que sera, sera. C'est la vie. Man, I'm getting really Frenched up now. I think they get that way, and they're like, oh, well, man, no. Grab a hold of your life. 
by the grace of God. I want to be married to one woman without violation. Lord Jesus, make it happen. I think God will answer that. What do you think? But you got to do it. You got to keep at it. Ladies, it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to pray too. I want to be married to this old boy all the way. And there's so many things, hundreds of things you could pray along those lines. Well, don't fail because you don't ask. Well, how sad indeed it would be to go through this life half prepared, half powered, half equipped. Don't allow this to happen to you. Don't give in to the naysayers <laughs> who did not appropriate the promise and don't think it works. Who don't believe, who don't ask. By the way, if everyone around me decides to fail, I don't want to fail. If everyone around me says, I don't think I'm going to do it, I, I, I don't want to fail. I'm not going with them. I had to decide a long time ago, you've got to stand away and stand with God. If a lot of people go with you, that's wonderful. If nobody goes with you, you still do the right thing. Stand alone if necessary. Rise up tonight by the grace of God, and many of you already have, and decide to ask. Decide to seek, decide to knock for things of God. So what things should we ask for? Or you thought it was over. No, I got more. What things are we going to ask for? Well, I got some suggestions, biblically. First of all, top on my list, James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. Glory to God, hallelujah. It shall be given him. I read that at 18 years old, just about 19, when I got right with God at 2003 Cassava Street, that one night when I was tripping out on acid, seeing demons, and asked God to save me. And if he had saved me from those demons, I'd do whatever he wanted me to do. And instantaneously, everything got quiet in the room. The faces were gone. And he absolutely delivered me that night. As confirmation, and I began to pray. I read the Bible. First of all, I started reading the Bible. I began to pray. I read this verse, and I thought, man, you mean that applies to little old Billy? I believe that applies to me. Why not? I said, God, I'm nothing, but I'd sure like wisdom. I'd sure like understanding. I'd sure like knowledge. Saturday night, I come. I kneel over there and I stare there and pray, Lord, I want wisdom. I want knowledge. I want understanding of your word. I want to know you. Whom to know was life everlasting. I don't think it's hard for God to answer a prayer like that. I haven't quit praying it. I'm still praying it. Some of you might not think I got any. Bible says, let him ask in faith, not wavering, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed, let not a man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is not stable in all his ways. Like in our text, one must ask consistently, repeatedly, regularly, and unendingly. This is part of the faith. 
if you quit, you demonstrate that you really didn't believe or you would not quit. And we learn, we learn that God loves to answer prayer. Remember, you know, and I won't go over something you already know, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10. You know, Solomon, he could have asked for fame, riches, and long life, but he didn't. He says, give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. Who can judge this I people that is so great? He was scared to death. And you can't blame him. Leading as king of Israel. And he says, I need your help. I need your help. God, oh, God said, I like that. I like that. In fact, I tell you, Solomon, I'll give you that. But I'm going to give you all you didn't ask for. Now, you know, Solomon didn't end well. With all that wisdom and understanding and knowledge, he didn't end well. Because he directly disobeyed what he knew was right. See, even people that ask for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, if they directly disobey, they got to have consequences like everybody else. He married lots of women. Lots of women. 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, he knew redheads, blackheads, blonde heads. He knew Irish, African. I mean, that boy had a selection of women that probably duplicated every, every possible choice. And the Bible says they led him astray. He... he can a man's lust be fulfilled? I'm going to tell you no. That's why that woman that comes by your husband, and she says she's better than your wife, she's lying. Because your lust can never be satisfied. How do I know? Solomon, he proved it. You read Ecclesiastes, he says, I tried it all, man. I tried wealth. I tried everything. I tried making stuff. I, and none of it satisfied. Oh, Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. God gave him wisdom. Ask God. Secondly, we need to ask God to do the things that are clearly spelled out in the Bible. I, I want to be pure. How about that as a prayer? God, I want to be pure. The Bible says, keep thyself pure. Right? Do I hear any amens on that? If you don't start amen, we're going on. Keep thyself pure. God wants you to be pure, pure in a lot of directions, pure in thought, pure in motives, pure in your, and I think that's a great prayer. Keep that, God, ask, you'll receive it. Seek, you'll find it. Knock, it'll be open to you. I want to be pure. I want to be honest. In all my, well, I don't want to uh, uh, steal a nail, go to jail. I don't want to take a nail. I don't want to take a dime. I, I don't want to steal anything. It's not mine. Take anything, it's not mine. In any direction. You think God will answer that prayer? I think he will. It'd be nice if your parents have your kids praying these prayers. At least teach them. Uh, how to be just. I want to be just. Uh, I want to have the full nine fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, love, suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. I want to have the full nine fruit of the Spirit abounding. God, give it to me. I'm not going to quit asking for it. You're going to give it to me. 
because you said you'd give it to me if I prayed according to your will, and that is your will, and, and I want you to give it to me, give it to me. I like it. And then you can pray to have the fruit of his love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7. What is love? The best definition anywhere in the Bible is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 through 7. What is love? Long-suffering. Love suffereth charity, charity, love. Gape love, suffereth long. And is kind. That's why I'm trying to be sweet. I want to be kind. I want to be known for my kindness. That's why I know I'm going to live a while longer because I haven't made it yet. So, old Pastor Lytaylor, one real driving feature he had, he was such a kind soul. Suffer, I have some. And so, you can do that. To be a, how about being a good witness? Be a soul winner. Man, what if all of us say, and by the way, this has been a burden on my heart. I share with you? This is like a fireside chat. I've been burdened. We haven't seen, we're not seeing people come. We're not seeing people getting saved, baptized, and joining up. I'm not going to be content with that. I'm not going to get comfortable with that. I'm not going to be comfortable with that. And I'm going to God and saying, I'm not going to be comfortable with that. I want to see people saved, come forward, get baptized, and join up the church, get a bus route, go door to door, just like I did. Lord, save them like I got saved. Save them like my mom and dad got saved. Save them like Brother Moon got saved. Save them like Brother Angie. Uh, Sister An <laughs> Angie got saved. Save them like... And I could go name after, just go down through the people here. Save them like Brother Tomorrow got saved. Right? I'm not going to live without it. Now, I can tell you God wants to do it because he's not willing that any should perish. And if God and I join together, he said, if you join together, it's my will. I have confidence that you ask anything according to my will. He'll hear us, and because he hears us, you'll get that what you ask. I believe we can see people. I believe we can start baptizing people every week. I believe if a crowd like this started praying that kind of prayer, we'd start seeing people saved every week, baptized every week. And, and there was a time at Gospel Baptist Church history we were baptizing every week. But it slowed down. It's gotten cool. Has it because we've gotten cool? I don't know. But I'm just saying, why don't we pray along those lines? Why don't we join together tonight and say, by the grace of God, we're going to pray that souls get saved here at the gospel through the efforts that we put out and that they get saved, they get come up to get baptized, and they join the church. We had five people make profession of faith on door to door. But I want to see them. Doesn't mean they didn't get saved. But I'm asking God to have them come to the Gospel Baptist Church and grow us and help us in what we're trying to do. Why not? Why not? I think you could ask God to give you the necessary gifts to serve him. What about that? God, give me the gifts I need to serve you. I need to speak, give me a speaking gift. I need to teach, give me a teaching gift. I need to uh, do something else, give me that gift. I need to drive, give me the gift to drive. I need to do, give me the gift. Why not? He'll give it to you. He'll help you. In other words, as you read the Bible and seek God, he will reveal the important things that you need. You say, Brother Bill, I don't even know what to ask for to begin with. You, As you read the Bible, 
If you'll make notes as you read through the Bible of things that God says he likes and things that God approves of, and you'll see them, and you make a note in the back of your Bible of a list, and you start listing those things out, pretty soon you'll have a quite a lengthy list of things God's for. And then you say, now in your prayer list, you say, God, I want this, 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 I want this. What if, your, what, if, what if your son, dads, came up to you and says, I want to learn to work hard. Would you teach me? You go, am I alive? I mean, what, what if your kid says, Dad, I want, to be able to, I want to be able to clean my room up better. Would you help me? What, ladies, what if one of your daughters come up to you and says, I want to learn how to cook. Would you teach me? Or I want to learn how to clean the house. Could you teach me? I think you'd go, oh, I like that. What do you think? I'll do it. I'll teach you to cook. I'll teach you to clean. I'll teach you to work. I'll teach you to sweat. I'll teach you to, to, do, to succeed by the grace of God. That God the Father wants the same thing for us. Some may walk away tonight the same as they came. Some tonight may walk away forever changed. Taking seriously the challenge that Jesus Christ himself gave in this passage in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. Will you take the challenge tonight? You say, well, I don't know where to start. Just start somewhere. Start small and begin to ask. Begin to seek. Begin to knock. And God will help you all the way. Father, help us tonight. Help us understand this simple, straightforward, truth from the Bible. Forgive us where we have a lack of faith, where we stumble around on this thing and where we've, where we've not implemented it. We've not implemented it the way we should. May Lord God, you just help us to have the faith enough just to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking for the good things that you've put before us. Father, could we have souls saved here to gospel? Bring souls in to be saved, whether we're out we, they get saved out where these people go. May these people lead people to Christ they work with, lead people to Christ they bump into. May you soften the hearts of those that we meet, that they could be saved, that they're convicted of their precarious situation. Father, may, may Sunday morning when I preach on the beach there be people that have not heard the gospel here and be saved. Come forward to get baptized, be part of Gospel Baptist Church. Why not? Father, you said, I build my church in the gates of hell that will not prevail against it. Help us to pierce the darkness. Help us to invade the strong man's neighborhoods. Go ahead of us like you did Moses and prepare the way. Fight as it were our battles. Help us all the way home. Pray that you be with Paul Carr as he stands on the brink of eternity. You give our dear brother that came here. I remember when he came here. He's one of the answered prayers. He was a walking answer prayer for us. Thank you for Paul. Thank you for those who've come in, said, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm not going to just waste my life on myself. I'm going to have something eternal to count. God help him tonight. Help him make that decision. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 
1285. Thank you and God bless.